Welcome to the EDU Podcast, where Rob and Gary talk and drink with your favorite photographers. So grab yourself a cold sarsaparilla and saddle up. This podcast is brought to you by Capture One Pro. With the most reliable tether workflow, combined with the most robust image processing, Capture One Pro 10 is the choice of working pros. Unlock the potential of this powerful tool by downloading your free 30-day trial at CaptureOne.com. In this episode, we sit down with J.P. Morgan from The Slanted Lens. Jay, thanks for, thanks for coming. Thanks for joining us. You're very welcome. It's great to be here. It yeah. truly is. So. And it, alongside... Uh, we have Rob Grimm. I'm here as always. Robertas Grimas. Wouldn't be anywhere the, else. The Portuguese version. <laughs> <laughs> I am feeling kind of Portuguese today, yeah. actually. So, Jay, for the... For, JP. JP. There you go. For the audience that doesn't know you, give, okay. us, give us the elevator pitch on uh, you as a photographer and you as an educator. Okay. Uh, I went to Art Center College of Design in Pasadena. Uh, kind of in that process, fell in love with large set production. I loved Norman Rockwell. I loved The Far Side. And so I, smick, I mixed those two into a style, uh, kind of big, big set production style that's very weird and kind of out there. Pogo sticking cows and things. Nice. Back in a day when there was no Photoshop. So when we had a cow on a pogo stick, we actually had to put a cow on a pogo stick. Yeah. So that was the world I started in. Did that for years, large set production stuff. I mean, it was not uncommon for us to have a budget of ninety to one hundred fifty thousand dollars to do a single photograph. You know, that was a that was a different era than it is today. It was a different era. Yeah. You know, and I, honestly, there weren't many people in it. I think of yeah. you and Nick Vidros, and that's about it. He it was, was the head to head competitor. He and I, yeah. Nick and I, all the time. I would bid on the same things that Nick did all the time. Yeah, he was great. I like. He was in Kansas City, so the other yeah. side of the state for me, and I knew him and uh, and liked his He's work. A good but guy. you, you two were like the only guys who had that kind of offbeat sense of humor in the commercial world. Yeah, um, which always surprised me that there wasn't more humor involved with commercial photography. Yeah, I think we went through that era where. We had gone through the Norman Rockwell era with Jim Wood and Reed Miles and all those yeah, photographers yeah, right. kind of laid that foundation. And then it was this kind of twisted time. It came on a lot because of uh, Settlemeyer did all the commercials, the Where's the Beef and right. all that kind of stuff. So that humor was there, but there weren't a lot of people that exploited it. And I think right. that was that created a huge market for me. I, mean, I did that for years. And because the stuff I did was so large, set production oriented, all my clients would go, well, can you shoot film? Right. And I'm going, well, yeah, you know, we're building these big sets. So I started directing commercials almost immediately. Right. And through the 90s, I directed a ton of commercials. And Didn't so, DP so people, direct, but just directed. So people that understand, those sets took weeks to build oh. and months to design. I mean, these, these were big, big productions, big productions. very involved. We would, we would have the, the pre-production kind of phase where we got everything together. And then as soon as uh, we would start to build, we'd build in a week. And then we'd try to shoot in a week. Right. So, and it was, I would have at my stage, I had a huge stage, like 4,000 square feet. But I would also have stages in the same rental facility. I'd have two or three others going at the same time. Oh, so you'd man. have sets going on everywhere. It was, a, it was an incredible time. It really yeah. I absolutely loved it. I, was, I mean, I just couldn't have been more thrilled. It was an incredible are those, experience. Are those opportunities totally gone now? Yeah, they are. Totally gone. I mean, when you tell somebody a, a photograph's going to cost them $20,000, they freak out. You know? Right. And, uh, I mean, they're there in some realm. With, you know, when you're dealing with celebrities and things, the money's still there. But just not, not like it wasn't advertising. Are you doing mostly motion now? Yeah, I really have done almost, well, not completely motion by any means. I probably do 40, 60, okay. and more 60% motion. So I'm now directing and DP directing. Okay. And so I do a lot of that. And so I'm, I'm about to DP a, uh, <laughs> a feature this year, which will be fun, but, uh, with a, a gal who's directing. 
supposedly. Really? Yeah. All right. <laughs> and she's in it. So you're going to DP a full, a full yeah, feature, feature film? I've been wanting to do this for a long time, and I, yeah. this would just be a fun opportunity and something to do. But. So when the, the first client asked you if you run, run film, did you, or were you just BSing your way through it to make the it first, make If I did film? Yeah. Oh, I, I had no clue. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> so how terrifying? When they said, do you yeah, do no. film? I'm going, of course. Yeah. You know, that's how what you always you? do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you just then surround yourself with a whole lot of people who do. Right. You know? right. And back in that day, it was like huge Panavision camera and a crew of 50 or 60, you know, it was like, they, they, it was just huge. And right. I used to look around going, what do all these people do? You know, does anybody, is anybody doing anything? Yeah. It's like, how can it take this long? And it's weird when you come from the still world, getting into a motion world that's that big. It's like, wait, what do all these people yeah. do? What are their jobs? And why is there a totally different word for the same thing? Yeah. You know, and still we have one word for it. And in motion, that same object is called something completely different. Completely different. It's like Chinese. Why yeah. do they do that? You, yeah. st- you still call it ASA all the time. That be great. you. Took me a long time to switch over to ISO. Yeah. <laughs> for yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah, but everything was shot on film, all 35 millimeter uh, film. When we did commercials, everything. No one wanted to shoot anything on video in that era. Yeah. But when it, it made the switch into the D, uh, when the 5D Mark II came out. For me, that was like finally a all right. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have a DP on set anymore. I'm gonna DP my own stuff. You know, I've just done it too long now. Yeah. That was did really you like that transition? I loved it. Oh yeah, no, I absolutely love it. I, it's hard to direct and be uh, do DP, all the camera work yeah. because you're worried about actors and blocking and scenes. There's so many decisions. But yeah, for I'm me kind of and my style, well, it it just was a natural outgrowth of just the way I work doing all my big set production and stills. You don't have a DP. I mean, I have a great first assistant, but I'm, I was doing that role right. on set when I was doing stills, you know. And so it just – I think sometimes my performance suffers. I have to make myself stop. Okay, concentrate on the actors. Where – you know, what do we want out of this? What am I getting out of this? You know, I have to make myself step back, and, and that, that's the hard part. But in that process, I, when things got slow at one point after 9-11 and all the stuff that occurred there, it got really bad. And, and uh, I wasn't doing as much still stuff as I wanted to. And I had an art director said, hey, look, just put a video up showing how you work. Just show the behind the scenes of what you do. And he said, that's how people, they want to see your work. They want to see what you do. And I said, okay. So I threw a video up of a little shoot we did and had 4,000 hits almost immediately. And S-Stoppers picked it up. And, had a big, and I'm going, well, maybe I ought to do more of these, you know. Mm-hmm. So I started doing a few of those, and, and what's interesting about it is the slanted lens grew and grew, but of course the work came back, and so I'm, as, I'm busier than I've ever been. So <laughs> Good. I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to shoot 15 to 20 days a month and still shoot the, you know, two episodes a week of the slanted lens, and so it's become much more difficult. Yeah, that's a so lot. I try to weave it into projects we're doing. You know, I try to, you know, so when people say, well, what, what do, you, do you have a whole schedule of things that are coming out? Yeah, I know who's hiring me next week, right. <laughs> and whatever they're going to hire me to do will probably end up being a lesson for the slanted lens. <laughs> it's going to somehow relate, which was the idea in the beginning. I didn't want to just do; I wanted to be real life, and that I'm showing you how I apply the cameras, the equipment, the lighting techniques to real life situations. This is how I make a living and make money with these techniques and things. And so, are you liking the educational component? I love it a lot, yeah, actually. I, I really too. do. It's it's really enjoyable. It's enjoyable to, to have that outreach to people and to get that connection and help see them grow and, and make that process and make that journey. I've been doing this forever. You know, someday I'm going to drop dead, and it'd be nice to, <laughs> nice to know that I at least passed something on. You right, know? Right, so, right. And, of course, I'll be clutching my camera in my dead, cold hand, you know. <laughs> I take that one last frame. 
So how much of your work now do you think comes from the educational content you put out as a promotion? Are you, are you getting work that way? I, some, but not a lot. Like this feature I'm doing this year came from the Slanted Lens, but more, most of my work is coming from other avenues, other, other ways that we're getting work. It really isn't from the education process. It's, uh, some people get that. Uh, Lars that works with us gets, uh, he's, does a segment with me called Photo Video Trends. He's gotten a lot of work through that as a DP and that more so. So, so how are you promoting yourself now? Because kind of the days of workbook and the traditional source books, uh, that's all changed big time. It's completely changed. Yeah. Let me tell you something I did early on, and maybe this will ring a bell for some people. When I first started, I had left Art Center, College of Design, and I had no work, and I had a portfolio. It was very focused, so I had a focused portfolio, which is the first step. I showed it to photographers in L.A., and they're going, yeah, yeah. And this one guy said, I'd like to hire you because I want to learn how to do this stuff. Huh. And I, I went home and told that to Jillian, my wife. She goes, well, I've been telling you. She was an art director at the time. I've been telling you, just start to shoot. Don't be an idiot. You know. So I started shooting. Wasn't getting a lot of work. So she designed a calendar. Actually, she had done a calendar for a company for the Olympics in 84, and um, the company never paid her. So she wouldn't give them the artwork. And so she said, look, I'm just going to turn this into a calendar for you. And so she, we started shooting these big set images. So we're shooting these huge big set images for this calendar. We mailed out 5,000 copies once a month. I figured if people are going to throw this away, I'm going to make them throw it away 12 times. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not going to let them throw it away one time, man. It's just too much work. That is awesome. <laughs> that's one of the best things I've heard in this business ever. So, oh, my God. An that's expensive a type quote of right yeah. there. Yeah. So once a month, we did that for five, almost eight years in a row. And instantaneously, we were on the map. So people would look at us and go, you know, we got this little project, you know, it's for Lieber Brothers. I'm not sure if you're going to do it. You're going, you kidding me? We'll shoot your wedding. We'll shoot your bar mitzvah. <laughs> you know, it's whatever. You know, we were, we were just out, I was just out of school, you know, but we looked a lot more uh, established because our promotional stuff did. So we've always taken that. Today, we, we try to keep a constant flow of things out to people that, uh, that we feel like are in the area that we're targeting. Uh, I don't do a ton of social media uh, stuff because the things we do are a little more... A lot of my video stuff is higher ends, more commercials and things. So I work with a company. I really hit, try to hit directors a lot of times to get work through directors that hire us as a production company. So we'll produce their, their work for their commercials and that as well. My wife uh, does production, and we're kind of a whole package deal there. So we're hitting that market, trying to, to reach out to them through sending out pieces to them, through uh, connecting through other people. You can't network enough in this business. You really yep. can't network enough. It's kind of a, a foundation for what Yeah, happens. it's the key. It's business, building yeah. relationships, no, no question. It's the only way to get it going. It's the follow-up thing. I have a client that I had great work with, uh, great experience with, and I said, hey, you're a small business owner. Who else do you work with? He goes, oh, I'm a, I'm a part of a business group. I said, really? He said, yeah. There's this other guy. He said, well, would he need video? He goes, yeah. Well, <laughs> he's turned into one of my biggest clients, you know, in the last three years. Uh, and then he's passed me on to other people that he knows. And so it's a matter of getting people, getting their trust. You can't, you can't deliver soon enough. You can't deliver early enough. You know, I, I can't, I can't stand, well, it's a bit, this, sorry, this is a whole, off, I'm getting off track here a little bit. You can't, <laughs> yeah, you can't shoot and no deliver things fast enough. Yeah. You know, I don't ever want a client to call me and say, where's my, where are my pictures? Yeah, you know, that's, a, I, that's a bad no, problem to have. bad. So I feel like I give them great service, and at that point I can ask them, hey, you know, who else can you send me to? And they feel comfortable t- turning me over to someone because they feel like I've really taken care of them and I'm not going to hurt them. 
I'm going to help them. I'm going to be an asset to the person they turn me over to. So. Who are most of your photo clients today? What, what type of stuff are you shooting? Oh, a variety of things. Uh, small advertising, not as much advertising as I used to, which really is concerning. Uh, my daughter works for an ad agency in New York. She's an art director. She's uh, at one of the big agencies in New York. And she goes, Dad, they, they just don't shoot ads anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's changed. That's what, that's what, and I've got, on the account she's on, they don't. And I, if I told you what the account was, it would shock you, actually, that they don't yeah. shoot print ads at all. She said, we just don't spend the money there. We spend the money on Instagram. We spend the money on social media. But we don't do print ads. It's just not something we do. So it's that it becomes a matter of I shoot things for these companies I shoot with. I'll shoot uh, their company pictures. I'll shoot uh, advertising pieces for them. I'll shoot uh, some of my old clients. I have client uh, Mitsubishi trucks I shot for forever, still been around, Pilot Freight. You know, these are companies that I've worked with forever and developed a relationship, even though they passed kind of past company, you know, one company's gone on to another ownership and on, but I've kind of held on to the marketing department. So, so it's a variety of things. The video is far more commercials, internet commercials, uh, a lot of internet commercials, wacky stuff. I work with a director called Joel Ackerman, who, uh, d- he did the original Poopery ads. Oh, uh, yeah. He wrote all yeah. those and directed the first ones, and Joel has a very twisted mind and a really wonderful sort of So you two get along really well. We yeah. do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. So do a lot of his work, so sounds like a lot of your business um i, I mean you're, you're heavily involved in production you're involved in in the dpe and in, in motion and print you've got a lot going on we do how do you manage all of that because the, one of the things about being a photographer or a videographer you're not just um behind the camera all the time in fact you're rarely behind the camera I think the reason, and it's interesting, the reason that most photographers or videographers don't want to talk about business very much is because they just don't want to do it. <laughs> and consequently, they spend all their time. They think they're working on their business when they check and see what's new on uh, No Film School, and they look to see what's happening at uh, you know all the different blogs, and they think they're working on their business. You know, The reality is, and I, when I coach business, and I have a business coaching class through the Slanted Lens, you have to spend 80% of your time working on your business. And I, I put people on what I call the, their daily routine for success, which means that every morning you have a routine you have to go through, and you can't look at your email or do your anything else till you get this routine done. And it stay takes focused. several hours. So stay focused on the business aspects. And it, it's a three-tiered three level of, of contacting people on your aspiration level, your bread-and-butter level, and people you know and networking. And so you go through that each and every day. You just lay that foundation. And then, then you can go do whatever you want. If you want to look at the newest lens out there or, you know, whatever you can. But uh, then second to that is you have to produce images. You have to produce images, not take images. Not grab images, right. but you produce the right model, the right clothing, the right place. And you put all that together, and now you, you create images that represent who you are and what you want to be, be yeah, that, sold for. That's a huge difference. I've always, people sometimes when they talk to me about, oh, you're a photographer? Oh, I love to take pictures. I'm like, I make pictures. I don't take pictures. And there's a huge difference. You know. Yeah, does that still bother you? Oh, you're a photographer. Yeah, it's still uh, 25 years later, it still bothers me. <laughs> oh, you take pictures. Do you, do you find no, do you find today that you know when someone says, "Oh, you're a photographer," you kind of have to like, no, but I actually do photography. It's not not just you know like all the other people like it's, I'm a real photographer. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there is a difference. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I think, and and you probably feel the same way. Digital photography has so changed the game of photography. Um, it's easy for people to get into the market now very quickly versus doing what you were talking about, which is being methodical, learning, producing, 
um, having a routine and sticking to it and building, building, and building. So it was a much slower, longer process in years past than it is now. Oh, absolutely. It was a craftsman process. You had to learn the, the process and Actually, understand Actually, that's it. a great way to de- describe it. Yeah, it really it. was. I mean, when people talk now, and even when I DP, the younger guys who light on set are, are shocked because I'm going, no, it, if it's not within a third of a stop, it's wrong. Because that's the transparency background I come from. Right. You couldn't be off by a stop or two. <laughs> Especially you know? not an 8 by 10 No, <laughs> no. <laughs> Nowadays, it's shoot it in C-log, you know, or S-log, and you got the whole dynamic range of the entire world. Then later on, we'll figure out what to do with it. You know, I'm not going, that doesn't work. I, I don't work that way. Uh, I just don't enjoy that a lot. I'm still a craftsman process to me. I think it needs to be. What's your setup going to be when you DP this feature? What, what, what tools are you using, and how are you going to... How are you going to shoot it? We'll probably shoot it on, on one of the Reds, uh, 4K. That's uh, the conversation now. Um, yeah, I mean, that'll be the process. And it's going to be very gritty. This is, uh, I call her a lingerie ninja. You know, it's like, yeah, it's like it's, she probably would like it if I said that. <laughs> we'll bleep that out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, now I want to know more. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, you can't just ninja. open up that. <laughs> that. Yeah. We're not bleeping that out. We're going deep. I've never heard those two words together. <laughs> I, I just, know. Lingerie well, ninja. I'm having the phone with her the other day, and I'm going, yeah, 96-pound 90, uh, model kicks butt on all the largest guys in the world. Lingerie Ninja. I'm going, how does that even work? Yeah. <laughs> the physics of this don't even come together. <laughs> but, it's just simple inertia. It doesn't yeah. work that way. No, it doesn't. I'm going, she would just bounce off. You know, I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> but, so anyway, we'll, it's, it, we're going to try to shoot it very gritty. A lot, of, a lot of my kind of stylistic kind of color and things. I wanna, I'm only going to put that thought and that uh, look into it. So. What are your favorite motion lenses? What are you putting on there? <sighs> Boy, that's such a great question. I, I am pretty simple about things. I am not, and a lot of the guys who do this stuff are really deep. I shoot on a lot of, I still use my Tamron lenses when I do motion a lot of the time. A lot of the time. I still use a lot of Canon stuff. I really do. And uh, I don't use a lot of PL mounts. I don't. I don't love matte boxes. I, I hate the fact that uh, the camera, yeah. I just don't like it. It slows you down immensely. I just So I love the rings now where you can throw a ring on there and put a, a gradation square on it. Yeah. And it's just so simple. I, just, I love that world. It's much better for me. Yeah, we ended up getting a matte box the whole the whole setup for our, our, our system. And it's sitting in a drawer. Yeah, I think we used it dust. once and it was yeah. like, man, this, <laughs> this really just slows the whole thing down and we don't need it. It was like four grand. Yeah, <laughs> serious DPs though would would say you're insane, you know. That's you a know. lot of people would say that yeah. we're insane, not just DPs. Yeah, <laughs> I love to see it. My wife might say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> has nothing. This is unrelated. To, yeah. <laughs> on a much different level. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, walk me through your. I want to go back to your your routine. So before you check email, what are you doing every day? Okay, that's fair. I, I go through a process. I look and say, I've got to call, make at least 10 calls to clients, prospective clients. And so I make myself make 10 calls or emails, follow up. I try to get to a call as fast as I can. So if I've emailed them a few times, I'll make a call. I want to have some kind of physical contact with uh, 10 people before I go into anything else in the day. Then I have aspiration people. I, I'd love to work for this company or that company. And so I'm trying to f- dig through the layers of who have I got to talk to or where have I got to send some imagery to to get onto you know, this person's list or to get on their you know, radar or to get an appointment to go show a portfolio. Or, and so I try to get at least through at least five of those. So I get through those 15 contacts before I let myself do anything else. And do you, do you find it's good to contact them in the morning? Are they more receptive in the morning? I don't know if it's more receptive in the morning, but for me on the uh, West Coast, like already it's late in the day on the East Coast, and it's just 
if I let it go till the afternoon, for me, I'll never get it done. Yeah. I mean, the day just collapses around you. There's yeah. too much to ask. You know, There's always a fire to put out yeah. every hour. Yeah, you just got to get in and get it done first thing in the morning. And if you do that, then you can, at that point, I feel like it's done. Now, days when I shoot, I don't get it done. You know, I just don't. No, you so, can't. No, it's hard. The only way I manage things, like the slanted lens, the only way I keep that running is I have a girl who's there part-time, and then I have a full-time. We have two full-time editors who just edit the video. We've only had one full-time. We just added another person this year, and that's all I do is edit. And so when I'm shooting this stuff, it just goes into the machine, and, and the lessons come out the other end. You know? So that's just, <laughs> <laughs> that's just the way I love that. Yeah, I mean, we have three full-time editors and five people in the studio that can edit if if the if the backlog gets too yeah. big but man it's 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 so fun for us to shoot we want to be shooting all the time but we have to be so conscious that holy cow like you know all these hours with five different camera angles results in yeah all that data weeks. has to be edited yeah yeah, yeah. that's yeah. the dangerous part yeah. so how are you man you guys shoot a lot of stuff and you you publish a lot of consistent content how are you managing all that content like what does your workflow look like Boy, it doesn't seem that complicated to me, really. Yeah. I don't know it what sounds like because you're, you're incorporating it into a lot of the work you actually do. So you're taking a lot of your, your existing you know, productions and turning them into content. We are. So if I have a shoot, say, on a Thursday, and well, I have one on Monday, uh, a production shoot. It's going to be a, a, not super complicated, but we're doing some training stuff for a company and at location. And so already in our meeting that we had two weeks ago, uh, Kate, who's kind of, she pushed a lot of our content. She's an editor there, and she'll be on the shoot. She's going, so what are we teaching for this thing on Monday? You know, I'm going, I don't know anything about anything. You know, it's like, Do your clients so, ever have conflicts with you? Using I talk to them about that up front okay. and talk to them. And it's, I can usually sell them on the fact that, hey, look, this That's is exposure. just going to give you exposure. It's not going to yeah. hurt you in any way. Some, can, some get that and some don't. You know, and if they don't, we don't, you know, we don't do anything. And I also always tell them, look, I'm hiring an extra person that's just there to shoot BTS. I'm not even going to think about this. You know, I'm not, it's not going to take me away from what we're doing for a second. And I don't. I don't spend any time on it there. At, maybe after we wrap and everyone walks away, I'll do an exit or an intro uh, for the piece. You know, but uh, when we're on set, it's not yeah. You can't interfere with that. With the food and beverage work that I do, I'm often doing a lot of proprietary stuff that I have to sign an NDA for. So, like that stuff, I couldn't couldn't do it. Yeah, is do you have a lot of clients that that you're working kind of that far out on uh, on projects, or is most of your stuff going right to? No, there's some of that. There's some of that where you just can't do it. But you know, it's interesting because if you don't, mine isn't as product oriented as it is uh, more life. Isn't lifestyle isn't the word attitude oriented. So for shooting commercials and things, it's not necessarily breaking products. It's just creating the attitude about the product. Right, the feel so, about it. Yeah, and so most of that product stuff is, is out there already. It's there and it's available. How, how early are your clients bringing you onto the process? Because you do have a great sense of humor and a, and a long-standing career. So I would imagine at this point they're really wanting to include you in the process early to help understand the brand vision and where it needs to go. You know, it's interesting that this is switch. When I did all the still stuff in the 90s and the 2000s, I, it, they would call me up and say, look, we've been getting your calendar. We love what you do. We want, we want to shoot a J.P. Morgan shot. Uh, got any ideas? Here's what our thought is, you know. In that world, that was the way it was. I don't, I'm not as, I wish I was as specialized as I was back then, and I, I'm not. I'm more generalized now. I shoot a lot. I'm not as specific to my talent and direction as I was then. And so I'm shooting stuff that's a lot more pedestrian, as I call it. So, do you think you know, it's just kind of you know, to stay in this business forever? You know, sometimes you get to a point where you, you do what it takes to pay the bills and yeah, yeah. creates a different direction. So I do a lot of training stuff, 
a lot of the commercials and that, which is really, they're not calling me just because of my style. They're calling because we get great service yeah. and do great production. Yeah, they know you're competent. Do yeah. you think photographers today starting out, maybe been shooting for two, three years, should specialize and only show one thing in their portfolio or kind of generalize and have a lot in there? I think you specialized to get clients and then you generalize to take care of them. And I, I've, I've had great experience with that. You know, like I, I very specialized look and I get clients and then they'll come to me and go, can you shoot vehicles? Um, so, JP, actually, what, what you're saying here is kind of interesting to me in that early on in a photographer's career, it seems that almost everybody's a generalist. They're just getting work because they need work. Right. And it kind of doesn't matter what they're doing to a sense until they really start to find their groove and they start to specialize and it kind of funnels down. And then the longer you go in, in your career and your clients um, know your capabilities and the competition is still pretty fierce, you can actually open up and become more of a generalist. I believe there's, an open, uh, there's a path there. I think you have to specialize in the beginning to be recognized. You have to specialize to get attention. But then when you get clients, you've got to have a generalist enough of a view to keep them. So you specialize to get clients, but you generalize in order to keep them. Because I don't want somebody to go off, well, you don't shoot cars, or I need this. I mean, I, I hate it when my clients say that I've done this. Can you shoot our company pictures? Go, well, you know, I, I, I know people out there say, oh, don't waste your time with that. So, yeah, I, I charge them a fair price, and I shoot them because I don't want them to go anywhere else, you know? Really? Yeah. I just shoot them. <laughs> it's not hard. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, yeah. it's, it's yeah. money coming in. Yeah. But, I mean, it's, you know? it's like we've had several of the best years I've had in my entire life uh, financially. And uh, But you know what? I think I got over somewhere uh, this thing of, well, I have to shoot the coolest stuff out there in the world. Yeah. You know, I, I got over that, and I'm going, you know what? I want to have a really healthy business, and I want to travel as much as I possibly can. That's a great attitude. And so, you know, in that process, it's been really fabulous. So. What do you think most, uh, most of the photographers today trying to make it, what do you think they struggle with the most, and, and why is that? I think most of the photographers that I talk with, that I see out there today, they understand cameras. They get a hold of cameras. Cameras kind of run themselves enough, but they just don't know how to light. I think lighting is, is one of the biggest uh, kind of uh, fall for most photographers. They just don't know how to uh, approach that or how to overcome it. And so I think that's the weak area. Yeah, I would agree. They're, they're, cameras do so much. You know, inside of a Canon camera, there's six little microcomputers, right? So the camera does so much work, but you got to know how to control that computer, that those series of computers, that yeah. camera, to make to make it do what you want to do. And you need to understand light, not just throw on an Instagram filter. Yeah, exactly. Well, Charlie Potts was the guy who taught at Art Center. He oh, said, yeah. he said, uh, cameras are simply the tool that you use to record what you've lit. And he said, cameras aren't your tool. Cameras are just they just take a picture of something. If there's no light. Cameras can't do anything. Light, cameras can't work if there's no light. Right. You know, they're, they're worthless. So, and if you want them to look good, then you have to learn to light good, you know, and to make fabulous-looking light. So, Did you have a, a lighting mentor after, after school, or did you? Boy, I don't know that I had a lighting mentor after school, but I, I really looked up to Reed Miles and to Jim Wood, those two guys. I was on the APA board with Jim Wood and Reed Miles at one point, and they asked me to photograph the group. It's like he's going to wet my pants, man. <laughs> I take a picture of these guys. I mean, it was like, I took yeah. a picture. That was like, that was an incredible moment for me, you know, because I, I had joined the club, you know. But these were the two people. That, and to this day, I think Reed Miles is probably one of the iconic photographers. And I think really under-recognized. Uh, he really is. But fabulous, fabulous photographer. So, 
So I don't know if I had mentors. That, you know, I, I, I wish I had, I had pushed myself harder after I left Art Center to, to continue to, to my lighting journey. Because it wasn't until I started actually DPing that I had to go, okay, I can't just light things the way I always have. I have to work harder at this. And, and I kind of reopened that for me. And I, I love light. I love lighting. I love that experience. It really is what makes the whole process worthwhile to me. Do you have a, a favorite lighting kit or, or, or modifier? Modifier? Well, if I'm doing stills, I use uh, an octodome, small octodome, just because I like the highlight in the eye, and I think it looks just about as good as a beauty dish, actually. So it's a, I use a Photoflex small octodome, so it's about 20, you know, about 30 inches. I think that is a beautiful look, really pretty look. But you know what? Anything, you know? I've shot images, a, a head through a, a piece of shower curtain, you know, it can look pretty fabulous, yeah. you know, a gel taped onto a mirror gives an incredible highlight, you know, a colored highlight, you know, it's really gorgeous. So there's, there's some fun things to work with. So, so what are you going to keep doing? Are you going to, are you going to keep go- going with the still game? Are you going to go more in the DP direction or, you wanna, no, or do you just want to keep both going as long as you can? You know what? I, I, I'm just loving all of this stuff. You know, I mean, it's interesting. It's like coming home. I'll shoot. On you know DP a project, work on a commercial, and I'll do two or three weeks, and I'm going. You know that was that was hard. That was fun. And then I do a still shoot, and I'm going. Man, it's like coming home. It's just <laughs> it's so wonderful. Right. Everything goes so wonderfully, and you know you just think you know it's back to the the tools I started out with. And you have that great experience, and then when you're done with that, and you start a DP project, you're going. Wow, I'm home again. Right, you know, it's exciting. It's, oh, it, it really is. It, for me, it truly is. Both of them excite me on a level that is just very satisfying. So I don't see that changing. I, I want to DP more uh, features. I would like to, as old as I am, I'd love to DP direct a feature uh, at some point here before I... It's great to see you have so much excitement about it. You know, I mean, it's really, it's awesome after, I I love this business. I've been doing it for 25 years. It's just hard to pry the camera out of my hands. And I know you share that. You really are excited about it. Absolutely. My wife one day said, what do you want to do for your birthday? Let's get together a group of people and let's do an image. And we could have this really kind of set thing. and 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 she's going... We do that every day. <laughs> Can't we do something different? <laughs> like, well, to me, it was like, and I was serious. I was thinking, oh, this would be the coolest thing in the world for my birthday. <laughs> you know, right, it's right. like, but it's what I love to do. And uh, you know, that's a great journey. So, For the photographers that are getting into video, and there's so many of them, because it's just a, such a natural progression, and they don't really know how to price themselves for video, what advice do you have for um you know, being the most knowledgeable and confident about the difference between pricing for video and, and photography and licensing. Well, they're very different worlds, and it's interesting. I've seen the video world, even in the last five years, go from the prices starting to get pushed down as more and more people get involved in doing video and shooting video, these kind of biographical pieces for businesses, content for Internet. I mean, it was easy to see you can get three or $4,000 you know, a day to shoot that stuff five or six years ago. I think people are lucky to get twelve, thirteen hundred $1,300 a day now. So I think that market's been pushed down. I tell people you always, I mean, everyone thinks they want to be a great white shark, you know, top of the food chain, you know, shooting the coolest, best stuff and get billions of dollars to do it. But you've got to figure, you got to figure out where you're at in the market and take a look at the clientele you're shooting with and try to tailor your prices to match that clientele. But then don't live there. You asked me a question earlier that I didn't finish answering, I don't think, but can you do two different things? I think you, you've got to separate them. You can. I, I do not show on my site. I have a, a brief uh, kind of. Here's a couple of commercials I've done, but I really have a DP site. I have a, a or I have a, a video site. I have a still site, 
and those two are separate. If you shoot weddings and you shoot, do, shoot still photography, separate those two worlds. Oh, absolutely. Get those two into their own worlds. Give them their own names, and I think that, that really helps. And so if you're doing video, I would just as you look at your clients and try to match yourself to that market. And you always ask for as much as you can and then be willing to come down a little bit. So it's kind of like be a generalist, but hide it. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> be very sneaky about it. You can be a generalist, but you got to hide it. You're a specialized generalist right. in a very sneaky way. <laughs> Do you find yourself doing twice as much work with SEO and keeping those websites fresh? Or I well, thank goodness I have people that do all no. this. Even for the slanted lens, I have somebody who's doing a lot of that kind of stuff to keep that alive. Although I get on there and answer comments all the time. I try to keep that connection going on for the slanted lens. That's a lot of fun. But, uh, but yeah, I, it, it's a lot of work to be able to keep up and to keep uh, that focused. It really is. So, What's next for the slanted lens? Any, what's your next big project you're going to come out with? You know, we've had a couple of things we've been talking about. Uh, I really, I shouldn't say this because somebody else will steal this idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like what Digital Rev was doing with the give you a crappy camera. Yeah. It's something I've, I've wanted to do since I left art school. And that is I want to give a scenario to each photographer. You're in a phone booth in the desert. You can't leave the phone booth. and You have to make beautiful pictures of this model. What camera do you want? What lens do you want? What light do you want? And then you put three people out there, and they all shoot in the same circumstances. And you look at what do three different people oh, get good idea. from this exact same parameters? Because yeah, yeah. when you get the same parameters, and you look at it and you go, oh, why did I not think of yeah. that? You know, or, or you go, or you look, go, man, I got something. You know, just to be able to see that yeah, yeah. and to see how different people think, I think will help people creatively to understand how they can think differently. And I think it'd be a good. That's a great idea. We should edit that out and then steal it. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's so I, I used to. Uh, I, was, I love you guys. <laughs> I used to. I used to work at um, an orphanage in Eastern Europe, and we did this exercise in art class where you sit down all the kids, and they'd all have a um, piece of paper and, and crayons or whatever it was, and then there was just like ten ten instructions, but they're very general. So like, draw a circle, uh, draw um, a shape in the uh, the corner. And so it went on like that. So it's kind of very general but specific. And then at the very end, everything that came together was just like, wow, it's so different. None of them are the same at all. So that's so, a very similar principle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So actually, I thought of it first, Jay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure. I see how it you works. See the, the, yeah. You see the way I see he stole that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see the setup here. Sucker punch. Yeah. Every time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm calling my lawyer right now. <laughs> uh, so towards the end of every podcast, we ask, um, we ask you for advice that you would give to someone just now starting out. What, what should someone start out um, that wants to get into photography? They're working hard. You know, they have a, a, a full-time job. It's not photography. They do it on the side. What advice do you have for them to, to make that transition into full-time? I think I think you have to do a couple of things. I think it's very – if you have a full-time job, you're actually very lucky, <laughs> which I tell people all the time when I, I coach them. I say, look, get a job and finance your own dreams <laughs> because, you know, you just – if you can afford to do photography and you don't have to, then you can do photography and you can build it at a different level in a different way, you know, whereas if you are just trying to pay the bills, you have to do a lot of work you don't want to do necessarily. Yeah. But I tell people, start out with a three-picture rule, and that is you take three pictures, your very best – you get a website, and you stick them up on a website, and you say, there I am. That's me. Those three pictures represent me. Now, I need to take something better than that, but in the same genre. And you start doing that till you get 12. Once you hit 12, now you start talking to everybody, everybody that you know, 
and you start talking to them about you show them the pictures you start taking pictures of their friends their kids friends or you know whatever and you try to get more images to put up there and to continue to grow but you have to start talking you have to just shoot everybody do it for free if you're not if you're not making money shoot just to get things but produce and shoot you know create images but try to get that group of images to grow until you feel like you have something time you if you do that, you're eventually going to get – people will start referring to you. You'll start getting paid to do what, you're, what you love to do. Uh, you'll grow. And if you don't love where you're at, then, you know, throw it all out. Pick your three best and start over again, you know. And it's just being focused and making that portfolio grow. I think that's the hardest thing for people. Don't buy a lot of equipment. You know, I tell people this all the time. Don't buy equipment. Buy clients. You know, so, you know, if you've got a camera, a few things you have to get going, then spend your money on advertising. Spend your money in the ways that will bring clients in. You can rent everything. You can rent everything you need. You know, my word nowadays, the UPS shows up and kicks it off of your doorstep. You know, here's your shoot. Here's your cameras. Here's your lights. You know, I mean, it's so easy. Yeah. You know, so. Sorry, I would good talk forever no, it's on good, this stuff. No, it's good sound advice. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Rob, anything else? Uh, actually, why don't you tell people where they can find your work so they can go and uh, check you out? Well, we certainly have the Slanted Lens, which is the slantedlens.com, or the Slanted Lens on YouTube, which you'll see all of our tutorials there, or the jpmorgan.com, J-A-Y-P-M-O-R-G-A-N.com. But we have a ton of business stuff we do on, on the Slanted Lens. I have a business coaching class that meets uh, once a month, and with everyone who's signed up and bought my class... We meet once a month, answer as many questions as they've got, and to kind of help them to move forward. That's an awesome resource. That's a great resource. It, it's, it's like it's under $300, and I have people who have been on it for several years or for a couple of years, and we just keep mentoring them. It is probably one of the greatest experiences that I've had to see somebody. Trisha Zemp, who's on my site right now, I taught her and mentored her, and she called me up once and said, I've got to shoot, I've got to shoot for, uh, for Etsy in New York. And she goes, I want you to look at my estimate. So she sends me her estimate, and I look at her estimate, and I go, in, Okay, sweetheart, we're starting over here. <laughs> I'm going, yeah. first off, your bottom line, that's your day rate. What you had written in assessment out for the entire shoot, that's your day rate for the first day. And how many days were you going to do it? When we were done, she was in, she's like, I can't send this to them. There's no way. There's no way. She sent it to them. They bought it. She shot for them. Oh, wow. I mean, she's. And, she was pretty happy with you. Oh, she, I'm going, <laughs> going, send me a Christmas card at least, will yeah. you? Know, it's like, <laughs> But you know what, and, and I'm sure she got advice from a lot of other people, but it's just, I, it was great to see people mentor people, to see them grow in that experience, to see them be successful. I think that's an incredible experience. So, Awesome. awesome. Well, JP, thank you so much for joining us today. It was You're really nice welcome. to sit down and talk with you, and I know our audience is really going to get a lot out of this conversation. So thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And for more information on this podcast and every podcast in this season, you can go to rggedupodcast.com. You can also click on JP's picture to get more info and all of his links to go to his website as well. So again, JP, thank you. There you go. <laughs> I, I, I have this. I, I just want to call you Jay. I don't know why. That's all right. <laughs> you know, I have one of those weird note. names. My yeah. mother called me Jay, and she just wanted to give me the initials JP, just a J and a P. You know, and the last minute, the doctor's going, well, what if he goes to the Army? And they say, you have to have a name, and they're going to call him Jed, or, you know. She goes, so she put an A-Y in there, so at least the J would stick. But it's, P doesn't stand for anything. It's just J-P. Really? But I've always been there's called no, J-P. So that's there's not nothing behind the P. No, there's nothing. What's so, your middle name, then? There is, there's nothing. There is nothing. Well, it's really, it is P. It. So I guess my middle name is P. Oh. But... Uh, yeah, somehow that doesn't play very well. My mother doesn't have a middle name. Yeah, that's right. gangster. My middle name is an initial. That's that's, right. My mother's the same way. She never had a middle name. And when she got married, she took the, her um, maiden name, just made the initial, her middle initial. Her middle initial. Yeah. yeah. 
It's weird. Not many people don't have a middle name. That's no. true. Actually, my wife doesn't have a middle name. You don't have no. a what? Wow. <laughs> None. Crazy. Another gangster. Let's give her Another one. Gangster. <laughs> That's right. Great one. <laughs> awesome. Cute. All right. Well, thanks again, Jay. You're Pete. very welcome. And uh, we'll see you later. All right. Bye-bye. Cheers. This podcast has been brought to you by Capture One Pro 10. With the most reliable tethered workflow, combined with the most robust image processing, Capture One Pro 10 is the choice of working pros. Unlock the potential of this powerful tool by downloading your free 30-day trial at CaptureOne.com. Well, that's all she wrote for this one. Thanks for listening. I get out of here and start shooting. This podcast is officially over. Over and out. Catch you next time, dude. I'm talking about the real shit, not your VSCO cams. Rob spent years working as an apprentice until he gained the skills and the guts to hang his own shingle. Over his 25-year career, Rob has mastered the genres of food and beverage photography. In many parts, he's known as the Shakespeare of beer.